with Jack, he takes on, he chooses, he has a choice. He can either confront a very, uh, a situation that, that he has a lot of anxiety about. Uh, and this, I think this happens in life normally uh, with people with anxiety and without anxiety. You can choose, you can choose to face things that you, that frighten you, that yeah. scare you, yeah. that, are, that you might fail at. And, yeah. uh, and the book's message is that, yes, you might fail, you, but choosing to, choosing to ignore it or turn away from it or, uh, um, Protect or, or accept it yeah. eventually will change even change who you are. And you'll become someone and something else that eventually isn't isn't happy with with what you have or what you because or what you've become or what you are because you have not cha- uh, accepted those challenges in life and overcome them and grown stronger because of that. Welcome to the Lifelines podcast, brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. I'm Marina Aris, and I'm Diane Fenner, and we're your hosts. This is the podcast for book creators, book lovers, and literary ambassadors. Join us each week as we explore the writing life, the art, and the business of creating great books. Okay, here we are for our final interview from day one at BookCon at Jacob Javits. And we're here with author Jim Westcott. He has written Jack's Tales the book for Reluctant Reader Boys, and we're going to talk to him about his book and a few other things. So welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you, Marina. I'm glad to be here. This is my uh, my first real uh, like uh, book show, like major book show. And I have to tell you, it's it's been a lot of, it's been fun. It's been very interesting. A little overwhelming, I have to admit. Diane, what do you have to say about how overwhelming it is? It's definitely (laughs) overwhelming. And I'm a New Yorker, but, you know, you walk into this convention center and everywhere you look, there's, like, massive, busy signs, people, and everything moving toward you. It's amazing. All right, so let's talk about your book, Jim. Tell us about Jack's Tales, your motivation for writing it, and all that. Um, Okay. I, uh, originally, the story's kind of interesting, um, I started writing Jack's Tales as just fun short stories for my son, Jack. Obviously, it's a name. It's uh, it's based on my younger son, Jack, who is now 15 years old. But he was at the time in second grade, so that's how long this book, the ideas for this book and the stories for this book, has been around. And I wrote a couple of really fun, very easily readable stories for him when he was in second grade because he was kind of having a hard time. He was struggling with reading at that time. And I talked to his teacher, my wife and I talked to his teacher about that. And it's not that he wasn't, um, uh, not that he never was a bad reader or had an issue with reading or any kind of reading difficulties, but he just wasn't picking up on, wasn't really enjoying reading, didn't really read a lot. And I think that kind of affected his reading progress in around that age, in second grade. So um, she suggested, you know, I, I just, I mentioned that I like to write. And I'm also a former special ed teacher, so I understand, you know, how important it is for kids to read, uh, and also uh, read material that's at their grade level. Uh, not too easy, not too hard. So I knew, I kind of like what Jack. Obviously, I knew what Jack's interests were. It was sports. It was fishing. Played soccer. So I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna write him some fun stories. That's a great at, idea. At like the first grade, second grade reading level. Awesome. And that's how, honestly, that's how it started. So the first story. Just, you know, it's, you write what you know or what you're familiar with, right? 
So Jack and I have been fishing since he was in, well, since he was old enough to carry a, to hold on to a fishing pole. That's something we do. I love to fish. I fished with my grandfather. He fished with me. He taught me to fish. Um, and Jack, I could just tell from an early age, fishing was in his blood. So I wrote a story about something he'd be interested in. And, and that's how Jack's Monster, the first story in the book, came about. So it was, and, uh, and it was just a real simple, fun story for him to read, for reading practice at night, because the teacher was saying, like, you know, a teacher told me, well, he's not really interested in a lot of reading books. He doesn't really, I haven't really found what he likes. So I'm like, well, I know what he write, likes, so I'm going to try this. I'm just going to write something for him to read, and we'll talk about it. You know, being a teacher, you know, I went over the comprehension of it and the actual fluency of reading and all those things that teachers do. And... Uh, and the story, I kept on working on the story. He liked that. I kept on working but, on the story. Let me back up for sure. a second. So, so uh, when you wrote those first <clears throat> stories for him, you just wrote them on a piece of paper and had him read it? No, actually, I, I, I was on the computer. And it, you, yeah, you, oh, our, you typed them up for yeah, him. And I, yeah, I typed it up for him uh-huh. and just had him read it. And so tell us about that. Do you remember the first time he read one of your stories? Read him, read Jack one of my stories, or well, you read, read at that him. point. Was he yeah. reading? Yeah, yeah. But what is I, the first time? Do you remember the first time <laughs> you exposed him to one of your creations? Yeah, that good, good question. He, yeah, I do remember. I remember it was uh, after school one day. He was, he was like, he was seven years old, and we sat down together and then we read the story. And yeah, he kind of, and he got to a point where he was reading it on his own. He loved it. He was like, yeah, this is what we do. This is actually, it sounds a lot like a fishing experience that. Me and you had, Dad. It sounds like when I hooked into that pike last summer, and oh, but he cool. lost it, and the story actually catches it. Uh-huh. I go, yeah, that's exactly it. Nice. And uh, but then I kind of went over, you know, like the, I tried to, you know, like I go over the comprehension of it, and just you know, and then I kind of let it go for a while. Right. But that, but lo- enjoying writing the story, and I've always enjoyed writing. I kind of got the uh, idea of writing another one, so I did. And that's how, how, lo- how long? Well, let's talk about the first book yeah. still. So. So you, it sounds like the experiment went well. He responded favorably, yeah. and then how long after you exposed him to your work, which is a wonderful thing, your first client, so to speak. Yeah. How long after that did you decide to make it into a published book? Um. Well, the three stories together took me about three years altogether. Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it, I, I just didn't really take. I didn't really write them to get published. I right. just wrote them for fun. Right. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of children's stories that I, that I did write, and a lot of other things I would share with Jack. And the two stories that that connected with the first story, Jack's Monster, are it's Jack's Pizza Ghost and Jack's Save, just naturally connected with Jack's Monster. So I, it's almost like I kind of tested Jack to see if he would like the second story, read it together, and this is like literally like a year later. He's like in third third grade at the time. He read it, liked it, you know, and uh, and then how can you tell that he? I want to know how you how you could tell he liked it because this is important. Yeah. Tell tell us what did he did he say, Dad? I like it. Did he say, Dad? I want to read another one. What was it? No, it, it's it's honestly it was it's facial expression. Oh, <laughs> okay, you delight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. And, and wanting to read more. Right. And That's not good. not, I could tell it wasn't a chore to him. Good. He was enjoying it, and Great. it also didn't hurt that. It, it was about him. It was. I mean, this is a story about him. I'm using him as the main character. Yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty. That helps. That helps a lot. It was pretty engaging to him. So you're a brilliant dad. That's what it is. Oh uh, you're yes, you're a right. Great I, writer I, I and am, a brilliant dad. I have to admit, I am nice brilliant. 
I'm nice a brilliant one. dad. No. Wait a minute. I think we, we need to ask Jack about that. What does yeah. Jack say? Jack, if no, Jack, yeah, if Jack, Jack here, would not agree with that. Yeah. I don't think he would agree that I'm brilliant at all. Oh. I, I, Jack and I get along very well, but Jack is like a little miniature version of me. Mm. And uh, sometimes we clash a little bit now that he's 15 and seems to know everything. Uh -huh. How does he um, feel about this book, Jack's Tales? Is he at least a little bit proud? Yes, he is. It's yes, adorable. He is. Yes. Yeah, he'll always he do is. it. I, I hope he's going to read it to his kids. That's what I'm hoping. I hope so, but too. But I hope that's not for another I, 10, yes, 15 yeah, years. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Me too. And uh, he actually, he has kind of, you know, since it, it got published, he's kind of too cool for it. He's... He won't. He doesn't bring it up anymore. But he. I remember. I'll It'll talk about back. it. It'll come back. Yeah, when he you gets liked, a little older. You like those stories, Jack. I think he's especially. But he is like with my the second book. He's gonna be the the first one to beta read it, you know, and uh, just to, to give me. Is that coming out soon? Yes, it is. I hope to have it done by July. Tell us about it. Wait, wait, wait. I just one more thing. Sorry. Yeah. I don't okay. want to. I just want before you let this go because I I love this book yeah. in regards to how beautiful. It is. It's just really nicely <laughs> Thank you. done. Thank you. And, uh, and because and the artwork you, too. The artwork is very yes, nice. Yes, the cover yes. is. I'm, I wish I could show it to you guys, but I will have on the show notes a cover of this book. And it's just a beautiful book. And I just want to know before we move on from it, how did you produce it? How did you find someone to help you produce such a nice book? That was kind of a long road too. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought. I, I tried the traditional way because I actually thought I had something. I had the three. Originally, it wasn't. I had three separate stories, and then I someone suggested I combine the three stories and tell it all as one story, but yet three separate years, three right. individual stories telling sure. one larger story about this kid right. from ages uh, eight to ten years old, eight, nine, and ten. And um, I, I tried the traditional route, I, you know, just sending it to agents, sending it to publishers, and of course, you know, I, being an being an author that you know that is new, I, you know, first-time author. I didn't really get any kind of didn't really get any bites on that, so I kind of I kind of just let that go, and uh, I did find someone, a person that had published the books prior and uh, was also a former teacher, and so I worked with him on on possibly publishing the book, and that actually didn't really work out. But what really what was positive that came from that relationship is that he connected me with the the, the uh, illustrator, and the illustrator and I worked on. The illustrations and then and then uh, coordinating the illustrations with the text so that was a real positive development of the, the, the illustrations really helped what did you tell the illustrator to get them to design this because i i, I understand that just like every process yeah. that we go through to put to, a book together yeah. uh with illustrations and maybe a little trickier because what i've heard from speaking to illustrators is this, it's their challenge is getting the author's vision just right so how was that for you that it was an interesting process. I had honestly only talked to her twice on the phone, mm. uh, and then uh, and then actually no three times when uh, I commented on her finished work. Uh, she sent to me, you know, on the internet and showed me what the cover looked like, the interior mm. illustrations, and I have to tell you, I I kind of lucked out. I really lucked yeah. out. This this person is talented and kind of brilliant. Huh? I love the illustrations, and all I did was just kind of I guess maybe talk to her kind of like the same way I'm talking to you now right about what you know I, I, she had the story about what what I was thinking about you know the whole premise of why I wrote it um, and she you know she had her own style which I really liked I love it yeah. I think she did a great job so and, I'm happy to hear that you had such a good experience yeah 
Okay, great. So I ap- I apologize about uh, stopping us, but go ahead, Diane. What do you uh, want to ask? Okay. I, could, I have no idea. I just you you were moving at, on to the next I'm book. I'm looking at these pictures, and what's wonderful about them is that they work for kids and adults. Yeah. They really work on a bunch yeah. of levels. I don't remember what I you said. You were moving on to the second book. Ah. That's why. So tell us about the second book is what Diane said before I rudely interrupted her. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about the second she book, did. Jim. Uh, the second book is... Uh, strangely kind of a break from realistic fiction and it goes straight into like fantasy hmm. and it's about how Jack uh, meets a, uh, a juvenile a juvenile I say juveniles that's what they're called I honestly before uh, disclaimer before we get into this I don't really believe Bigfoot exists okay but I find it very interesting that people do okay and a lot of kids do and I, I find the whole phenomenon that has been going on since the 1950s really interesting it's kind of funny actually and but so I uh, I got the idea, kids love the idea of Bigfoot. So I got the idea for Jack to go from, right from the third story of Jack's Tales into a summer. So this third story ends with Jack winning this big soccer game. The school year's over. A month later, he's asked to go work on his uncle Buzzy's cottage, which is real in the Adirondacks. It's a real place in the Adirondacks of New York, uh, out in the middle of nowhere on some secluded lake to help his uncle uh, build like a, a, a fishing and boating dock on his cottage on the water. And it's just him and his uncle, okay? And he doesn't want to do this because he's riding high from all this glory of winning the big soccer game, you know, being the hero in that soccer game. And and uh, he's he feels like he's conquered his anxiety. He's he's uh, he, he's larger than life. You know, this, uh, this you know, he, uh, he feels like a new person, basically. And all of a sudden, he gets taken out of all that glory and put into the secluded Adirondacks uh, environment just for a week. Because his, his uncle needed someone to help and uh, and uh, basically called his father. His father volunteered to help him. While he's there, he meets this girl who's very outdoorsy, kind of kind of fun, kind of quirky, kind of annoys him a little bit. She's very pushy, but he likes her, okay? And uh, he finds out, he learns from her that uh, she actually knows about a family of Bigfoot that live in the area. Oh. Okay. And he doesn't like her anymore. Yeah. He, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But she, <laughs> or she's really cool at that yeah, age, right? No, she's very cool. She's very cool at and that I, age. I'm still kind of working out her character, but I, it's coming along great. Um, and she uh, she really likes, she really attached, she really loves Jack. And at first, Jack doesn't like her so much because she's kind of abrasive, but in a fun way. And eventually, he kind of warms up to her and they become really good friends. And But I think she's going to be a main character and I hope and more books to come but she's a kid that lives out in, in a very secluded area on this on this lake with her parents because she also has some anxiety issues and has been taken out of like a public school and homeschooled so she's really eager to have friends to, to, and, and she so his uncle kind of sets him up on a hike with her because she's a huge outdoor person and knows everything about the area right wow. so he takes she takes him on this hike and this is when things start to go strange. Like he uh, he feels like something's following them. You know, things out in the woods, he hears something, and then realizes she's like, she goes off, she kind of leaves him in the lurch out in the middle of the woods. He's getting a little anxious. She goes off and, 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 and mysteriously, and, uh, and he wonders why, and she's kind of acting strange. So he follows her, and he discovers that she's literally talking to this like Bigfoot that's like a, actually a boy, a, a, a Bigfoot that's about a boy's age. So like a 12-year-old, like a Bigfoot that would act like a like a 10-year-old boy. Okay? I got it. Okay. So cool. it's a boy. Yeah. And uh, but the Bigfoot 
has wants to be more like a human. Hmm. So he's learned a lot about humans, and that's why he's attached to he's become friends with this girl. Right. Okay. Right. So he sees this and absolutely loses this, loses it, completely loses it, and then goes back home and doesn't but doesn't tells his uncle he wants to. He goes back to the cottage and he tells his uncle he doesn't want to be out there anymore. And, and, and his uncle starts to really worry about him. He actually goes home, and this is where everything starts to go wrong for him. He tells people about it. He gets made fun of, you know, and then he gets suckered into, like, another soccer game where he doesn't do well. And all of a sudden, he's he used to be, like, on top of this mountain, and everything crashes down with him, down, because he's he, he's told people he's, he saw a Bigfoot, which he's being made fun of for. And all of a sudden, he went from, like, this cool kid to, you know, th- this kid who claims he's seen Bigfoot. So the whole point is he has to eventually go back and figure this thing out. And what happens is he becomes friends with this Bigfoot, and he comes, he comes to find out that Bigfoot is a lot more like a boy than a, than a Bigfoot. Right, and right. wants to join, like, the human race. Uh-huh. So they start to, like, play soccer together. Uh-huh. He shows him this, like, hidden cave that he has full of stuff that boys would like, right. like video games. Right. like you know, And... Uh, and then eventually, like, the, the dark part of it is that there's this Bigfoot group out there that knows about this family of Bigfoot, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're looking to capture him right. and expose him be, for being, they want to earn the credit of being the first people to discover that Bigfoot is real. Cool. And eventually, he does get captured. Cool. And he has Don't to. Don't tell us the whole story, Yes, yeah, that's pretty much the whole story. I'm sorry. Oh, but it's, it's not, uh, yeah. I but, mean, I think it's fascinating. Yes. No, very, very yeah. cool. And uh, that is the, that is the spot. But I want to ask you something. You yeah, mentioned sure. that this girlfriend uh, had anxiety issues. And I know here in this book, Jack's Tale, that's yeah. still sitting on yeah. the table in front yeah. of me, there are um, anxiety issues. There are things that are scary for Jack. Yeah. Is that a theme that's running through how to deal with anxiety? It is. And in this book, uh, the first book is about him dealing and confronting and facing anxiety and almost winning over it. And at the end of the book, at the end of the third story, he feels like he misunderstands it a little bit. He feels like he's conquered it. It's not a part of him. And anxiety is very much with with a lot of kids, with a lot of people. It's very much a part of who you are. Do you and feel like these books would um, be especially good for children who have heightened anxieties? Yes, very much so. Very oh, much so. Interesting. Yeah, and, uh, and this book is more or less about him. He has to conquer his anxiety first before he helps what the situation is. Yeah, I, I sort of got the thread coming yeah. through. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like you were, is that something you've dealt with in special education? Oh yes, I have. I mean, anxiety is kind of a growing issue, or yeah. at least we're recognizing yeah. it a lot more yeah. than in the past. And I yeah. think there are a lot of kids out there who are having to struggle with anxiety, heightened anxiety, yes. unusually yes. bad panic yes. attacks, things like yeah. that. There's, uh, it's it's actually becoming a lot more prevalent now. And it's it's showing up in ages of kids younger and younger. Mm. How uh, would these books help them? Um, it, the book the books basically well, first of all allow them to know that there's other kids out there that kind of feel the way they do. Right. And, uh, and so they could identify with that and not feel like they're alone. But it also kind of helps them understand it a little bit more and how to deal with it, and that that they can overcome it and live with it. That it is a part of who they are, but it doesn't define them. Right. Like Jack's struggling to not let it define him, and by, and by doing that in the second book, he thinks he can just beat it and get rid of it and just almost like cure it like it's a cold or something. Right. It's not. It's a part of you. With some, with some people, you're going to have that your whole life. I've right. actually heard people say, though, that what they've learned 
by dealing with their unusually difficult anxieties has sort of morphed into a strength that yes. makes them yes. unusually well suited yes. Yes. as they go forward yeah. in life. Yeah. How does that work? Um, well, with, with, with Jack, he takes on, he chooses, he has a choice. He can either confront a very, a, a situation that, that he has a lot of anxiety about. Uh, and this, I think this happens in life normally uh, with people with anxiety and without anxiety. You can choose, you can choose to face things that you, that frighten you, that yeah. scare you, yeah. that, are, that you might fail at. And, yeah. uh, and the book's message is that, yes, you might fail, you, but choosing to, choosing to ignore it or turn away from it or, uh, um, Protect or, or accept it yeah. will eventually will change even change who you are mm. and you'll become someone and something else that eventually isn't isn't happy with with what you have or what you because or what you've become or what you are because you have not cha- uh, accepted those challenges in life and overcome them and grown stronger because of that I imagine that this is more than just for kids. I imagine there's something for every adult in I've this. I've had a few adults really like it. Yeah. <laughs> actually. Good job. Actually. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So those book two, anything else that you're working on? Um, I basically what I do majority of time for a full-time living, I write stuff for uh, for education publishers. So I, I write like uh, readers for reading series, nonfiction books. Um, I write curriculum for uh, education publishers, like a digital online curriculum, curriculum that teachers use in classrooms, curriculum for learning programs, and essentially I contract with publishers and education companies for those things. That's what I do uh, mostly. So there's pl- there's always things I'm working on. Mm-hmm. It could be either working on assessment stuff or instructional content or an actual book. So I can see the I can see the foundation that you had for deciding sure. to write this sure. creative yeah. piece. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've always kind of had a quirky, kind of strange, creative mind. So that's really <laughs> how's cool. It, how's that's, it? Been? I think that's why I've gravitated towards children's writing. You know. That's great. Has it been rewarding for you? Oh yeah, my God, it's been. I mean, and I I could care honestly, I could care less if it sells really? a million copies or ten. Uh, it's 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 it's. It's the conversations that, I, and I know I'm being honest about this. It's the conversations that I've had with kids and adults yeah. that have made yeah. this really a, yeah. a worth, a worthy uh, pursuit. Yeah, but even though you just said that, as most people know, <laughs> I we, we're with the Dart Frog yes. book deal, I and now a lot of copies. and now your book yeah. is yes. is in stores. Yes. I mean, and it's and a it's it's going to have the potential yes. to really reach a lot of people. Yes. Um, I think that's fantastic. And for the you. more kids, the more adults, the more adults looking for a book that their son or daughter may really pick up and read and enjoy when they haven't really read or enjoyed anything else. The more I can kind of, and it's not all the time, but the more I can kind of do that. Have you got plans? And, for and yes, book? of course, sale. You know, that equates to you know, yes, I would like for this book to get out there as much as possible. Yeah. And Darfrog has been wonderful, and, and actually seeing it on bookstores is really gratifying. I'm sorry, seeing it on bookstore shelves is really gratifying. It's really quite a brilliant 
little little operation. I'm excited for you because as you know, I'm dealing with the booksellers and I love checking in with them and to hear that this is really working, that yeah. our independently published books yeah. are moving. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yes. So I'm very excited for you, Jim. I know you're going to do well. Yeah. I um, appreciate uh, this. Uh, I appreciate you guys interviewing me. It's been fun. Well, no, do you want to fun. tell some people out there in the listener land uh, how to find your books and uh, where to get Jack's Tales and be specific I, about the names of your on, books? Honestly, I would say just for Jack's Tales and the next book, please go to the Dart Frog website and order it from the Dart Frog website. DartFrogBooks.com. DartFrogBooks.com. And uh, that's where you can find it. Honestly, it's not, I don't have it on a lot of, I don't sell it through my website. I don't sell it on Amazon. I, I would I sell it through Dart Frog's website and in the independent bookstores that, it, that you could find it in. Right. So if you live near one of those bookstores, please go and please yep. go and check it out. Fantastic. And one last thing, and then we'll wrap it up. And that is, Jim, if you were in one of these conference rooms here and speaking to a room full of first-time authors mm. or children in your age group, what advice would you give them? Okay. I know a lot of, I've read, I've read responses to this question, and I've heard responses to this question a lot of times, and I, I want to not be, like, cliche about this. Okay. But, cool. it, it, and, but it's going to sound cliche. <laughs> Come on, Jim. <laughs> because, do it. because my answer, what I've learned is, and it's, it is so, but it's true. Okay, And good. it's really the, the idea of the book, too, is that don't oh, believe in believe if you really truly love something then keep doing it despite the fact that you're facing a lot of people saying no you're not very i know this is not working you're not very good at this and this book will never sell and that's not true uh if it's something you really enjoy and i, I just enjoy writing for kids it will it, it will it will happen for you and uh and be strong enough to work through all the rejection and be patient because good. it's not going to happen overnight right it, I don't think it happens for overnight for anybody. Okay. I, I agree love with that. You. I love it. I do too. I, I love the, that. And with that, we're going to wrap it, Jim. Thank you All right. so much I for I appreciate your time. the interview, and it's nice meeting you both. Okay. Rena Terrific. Diane. Diane. Okay. This is my chapter book, uh, Jack's Tales, uh, especially written for reluctant reader boys, ages 7 to 10. And I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to read the beginning of the second story, actually. It's called Jack's Pizza Ghost. Okay. <clears throat> Jack liked to call what happened the parking lot incident. Every time he thought about it, he could feel himself breathe easier, at least sort of. It was October in soccer season, just four months after he'd caught that monster fish with his dad. And there he was again, this time at his brother Andrew's soccer game, worried and afraid. He'd run back to their car to retrieve his dad's wallet, but when he returned, his dad was nowhere to be found. The late afternoon sun scorched his face, even though the day was crisp. He felt his legs wobble and his mind whirl. He plopped his shaky body down on the sidewalk. He was having just another full-blown panic attack, and believe it or not, he swore the attack had sat down right next to him. Jack was on a mountain ledge, and at least that's what he felt like. And he was falling, falling, and falling, and falling, and with nothing below to catch him. And then he heard his dad's voice. Hey, hey, Jack. When Jack lifted his head, his dad, who had come looking for him, saw something, saw something wasn't right. Jack's tears were the giveaway. Where'd you go, Dad? Jack shouted. You left me. You were gone. I was just to the side of the stands, buddy, talking to Jared's dad. I thought you saw me. Jack's dad hugged him. What's going on, son? So much for keeping this inside me, Jack thought. Then, there and then, he fessed up to his panic attacks, including last summer's when they caught that monster pike. 
Deep down, he'd always thought that his dad knew about them anyway. Jack's dad pulled him even closer, and just like that, Jack's mountain ledge evaporated. But as Jack hugged his father, he knew there were more fears on the horizon, like the ghost in their basement, which his brother, which his brother Andrew had challenged to confront. It challenged him to confront. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep bringing you great content. For show notes, upcoming events, and to participate in the Brooklyn Writers Project community, head on over to our website at www.brooklynwritersproject.com. Questions or comments? Send them to contact at lifelinespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lifelines, the books podcast has been brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. Music for this podcast has been provided by Anthony Nuda of Noble Sense Productions.